Hello all, and welcome to Brewing with Jim, hosted by Jim Brewington. Jim is a pastor and a teacher, and has served in these roles for the past 45 years. He has worked in small churches and mega churches, primarily as a teacher serving both the hearing and the deaf population. We have surveyed the students here at CVCS and do our best to create a genuine conversation around the talking points the students want to know most about. Thank you all for listening and taking time to brew on Life's Questions with Jim. Hello all and welcome to Brewing with Jim. I am Grady Sanchez, your producer, and as always, Jim. How are you doing, Jim? <laughs> I'm fine. Um, we're laughing because before you push the button to get this thing going, we were laughing. Um, I'm fine, and I'm glad everybody's here, or those of you who are here, are here. Yes, our listenership is growing, so please continue to spread the good word on Brewing with Jim and send in your topics, send in your thoughts, and send in your questions. We're always excited to hear from you guys. And this one comes from uh, those theological battles you have with your friends. And or (laughs) maybe it's the person that's not quite a Christian, and they stare at you saying, how could you judge me? We're called not to judge in the Bible, but I... As growing through this show, working with you, in the Bible says, do not judge. And it gets thrown at me as a Christian. Like, you can't judge me. You're a Christian. And there's also discernment in the letters. And when I am called to discern or when I am called to judge. And as a teacher, I judge all the time. And I would love to know your take on maybe what the Bible says, how you go through, what is judgment, what is discernment, what is the difference between the two, how does it play in your life and... uh, and, and in my life. Yeah, in your life yeah. and, and going forth. Okay, let's do it. Um, so people come to you, right? And yeah. tell you, do don't not, judge me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Well, here I am a teacher at school. I get paid to judge them. That's right. Here's yeah, an A. Yeah, here's a B, here's a we'll C. see. Okay, let's hit this topic. Um, first of all, let's talk about uh, the secular definition of judgment. Uh, it's an ability to make. Uh, a decision. It has to be a considered decision, something we think about, or come to a conclusion, um, and the conclusion needs to be sensible. That's judgment. Discernment, on the other hand, is, uh, well, it's not really on the other hand, it's right alongside the ability to judge well. Now, there are secular dictionary approachable definitions. I think you might find that in the dictionary, although I sort of ad-libbed that. Um, discernment, discernment is the ability to choose between what is right and what is true, what is, what is right and what is wrong, what is true and what is false, what is all of that. Um, to discern something is to recognize the true value of something, the worth of something. I was, um, there are people who have discernment. Let's see who has discernment. Um, there are, I saw on the news, either this morning or yesterday, a lady who had bought, uh, purchased a bottle from a thrift store. And it was a glass bottle. It was about a foot tall. It was uh, about the circumference of a Coke can. And it had 
stripes that had been painted around it that were diagonal and they were different colors and uh you know people all day long i guess just passed this thing by she bought it for a dollar 35 and she was more than a uh, the average uh, gal on the bus when it comes to glass because it was kind of a hobby for her. And she thought she saw some value in this, but she didn't know what the value was. Fast forward on this story. Um, she was told it was valuable and she sold it through an auction house for $107,000. It was, no, she could discern she didn't know the value was $107,000. Yeah. That's a thrift store but, Oh, man. And uh, makes me want to go to Goodwill and just, you know, and take somebody who knows what they're doing, has discernment to determine these kinds of things. The, um, the ability to, uh, to judge the value of something depends upon a person's expertise, I suppose, you know, knowing the thing that they're, they're uh, discerning. Now, the Bible uses the word in a different way. It's still the same, but the object of the discernment is different. Uh, the New Testament talks about discernment as the ability to distinguish between the spirits. Now, that's in First um, Corinthians 12, when uh, that chapter presents the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and one of those gifts is discernment. Well, there are different spirits. Most people will recognize this. All Christians will recognize this. There is, of course, the Holy Spirit, who is God himself. And there, then there are unholy spirits. And the unholy spirits are those who have rebelled uh, against God. I don't want to spend a lot of time in spiritual warfare or uh, what's called demonology in uh, theology. But just know that there are spirits that are not holy, and then there is the Holy Spirit. And you and I have a spirit that is not necessarily unholy. It certainly is not the Holy Spirit. But we are created in the image of God, and so we have a spirit because he is spirit. All right. I have, in my ministry, and I would say most pastors have experienced either on one hand or face-to-face, -face, if you will, um, dealing with spirits that are not holy. The Bible tells us about those spirits. The Bible tells us what is a correct way to uh, handle all of that. Uh, Jesus cast the spirits out of the Gadarene demoniac and sent them into a herd of swine, of pigs. Uh, and I don't want to get into all that. I just am trying to make the point that there are, a, a, there is the Holy Spirit, there is our spirit, there are unholy spirits, and to know the difference requires discernment. And that's the topic that we're trying to discuss here. Uh, now, that discernment uh, is a gift from the Holy Spirit. He's the one who actually gives us the capacity and the ability and the skill to determine what spirit is holy and what spirit uh, is not holy. Uh, I remember one question that came in. I just thought of this. Um, how do we know uh, that we are hearing God's voice? Do we hear, is it God's voice? Is it the voice of 
God's enemy? Is it our own thought voice? How do we know that? That's discernment. And we don't have to really have a skill to do that. We have to have an alertness to it. But God gives us the discernment so that we would know. Okay, now let's contrast that, compare it uh, to judgment. Let's talk about judgment. Uh, there are many contexts in the Bible that use the word judgment, and there are different concepts. There's the great white throne judgment um, for non-believers. There is the beam of judgment seat of Christ, and I'm not going to go into what all that is right now, unless there's a listener out there who is interested in knowing about that and wants to email us at uh, brewingwithjim at gmail.com, and then we'll put you on the list and give serious thought to your request. All right, all of these different uh, contexts and concepts of judgment in the Bible uh, require some discernment. But let's just limit this because our time is limited. Our intent here is to be a little bit pithy and uh, short and not explain too many things. Um, Let's talk about uh, the scripture that people talk to me about, and I guess you, because Mm -hmm. you sort of mention it, judge not, Mm -hmm. lest you be judged. Judge not, lest you be judged is um, Matthew 7. It was part of Jesus' uh, Sermon on the Mount. Well, we have to know what the category is, what the context is, so we know what we can judge. There are many of us who judge for a living. Uh, Umpires make a judgment. They're supposed to call the plays as they see them, but there are some judgment calls in baseball, and they make those calls uh, based on their discernment. Teachers, here we are. We are to assess the students uh, and then assign a grade to them that we hope matches the assessment of their skills, learning, and and so forth. Um, Psychotherapists make judgments When we talk to people, I say we. I've done lots of counseling. I'm not a psychotherapist, but I have have found myself in uh, years and years of counseling. I even taught a counseling course one time. It's called Neuthetic Counseling, and I'm kind of off point here, but when you counsel uh, with godly principles and biblical principles, it's called Neuthetic Counseling. When we sit and determine what the issue is, we're making a judgment based upon discernment. We're listening to what is the issue. And when a complainant or a person comes to uh, counseling, uh, I can guarantee you that most of the time the issue is not the issue. There's some other issue, and we have to figure out what that other issue is. And we do that uh, through discernment and the discernment, the conclusion we come to is a judgment. Employers make decisions about uh, employees and judge them, if you will. So this don't judge is uh, has to be within the context. And the context of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, when he says, don't judge lest you be judged, has to do with discerning another person's spiritual relationship with God. Um, we do not have the wherewithal to look at another person their behavior, their mannerisms, their dress, their occupation, their opinions, and determine what their relationship with God is like. We can't do that, but people do it. How can that guy be a Christian when he behaves the way he does? 
well, we all behave a little bit off, even though we are Christians. If we didn't behave a little bit off, we wouldn't need him. So uh, we do have that issue of, can I judge another person? The answer is yes. Please do. That, we get paid to do that. That's what we do all day long. Uh, and we assess other people uh, based upon all those things I mentioned, their political party, their denomination, their position on uh, theology. Their, it goes on and on. Okay. Um, my point here, and I'm coming to a conclusion with this, I think, very shortly, is we can't look at another person at their behavior uh, dress, all those things that I mentioned, and make a judgment about their decision in their relationship with Christ or their relationship. Even you might look at me and my background, and yes, I'm an ordained pastor, and yes, I have um, years and years of pastoral experience in churches, and yes, I'm a teacher. Do you know I'm a Christian? You don't know for sure that I am. Probably conclude, yeah, uh, probably is. But you can't know that because God says you can't know it. He said, um, do not judge by the outward appearance. And that's pretty much all we have to go by. But judge with righteous judgment, which means judge with, the, uh, with biblical principles. But you can't determine somebody else's spiritual relationship. Now, let me get off of this subject with this conclusion. If you make a determination about somebody else's um, characteristics, their morals, uh, their political position, their theological position, uh, their attitude toward life, if you make a judgment after a discernment by looking at them, don't allow that conclusion to separate you from that person. Allow him into your life. Allow her to be part of your life, at least to the point that you can manifest the love of God to that person. Doesn't mean you have to be best buddies. Doesn't mean you have to go on a long road trip with them. It does mean that I am not going to shun you. I am not going to cancel culture you. I'm not going to count you out of my life because there's something about you that doesn't seem to fit, which I guess means isn't like I am. And so there's the conclusion. Acceptance does not equal approval. Uh, and you may hear me more than once talk about that concept. That's a very important concept. Uh, in my life, and I think uh, in the Bible, too, it's salient. It's talked about many, many times, and it's the way Christ accepts me. He accepts me the way I am. It's come as you are when you come to him, and if there's change that's going to happen, that will be change that I uh, have invited him to make in my life. So, yes, we judge other people, and we should, but we don't make a discernment or judge them based on uh, their behavior, their operationally defined behavior, um, with the conclusion that he's not a Christian, she's not a Christian, she can't be if she behaves that way. Christ accepts all of us the way we behave. And then 
his forgiveness is offered to us? There's my answer to that question. Unless you have something very good, more. The, the wrap on that was was excellent, coming all full circle, because when I have these conversations, or maybe I'm on my high horse or my ivory tower, and I'm looking <laughs> down, and I'm just like, hey, I don't necessarily want to have my family around you. You have had these opportunities. I have opened the door up for love, but you continually to make bad decisions, and therefore I'm gonna not maybe sever that relationship with that person. I'm making a judgment for the betterment of my life and my family. And they come at me, aren't you a Christian? Like, you can't judge me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm making a decision to then <laughs> like improve my life. And maybe if we can recover later, mm-hmm. but I hear that voice in my head, you can't judge me. You can't, but it's, it's the point of like, I have to make a decision that's best for me or best for my family or the people that I love that are nearest that I'm, I'm called to take care of. And then the, the difference between judgment of a person and their characteristics is different than a judgment of their salvation. I can't tell whether or not a person is a Christian. And that's kind of what the end conclusion was. I can make decisions based off your actions and whether or not I right. want to be around you. Right. But I can't tell if you're going to heaven or not. And, that's a, that, and that is where the judgment comes in or the 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 ivory tower of like, hey, I need to surround myself by something that is better than like, hey, I can't tell if you're going to heaven or hell. Well, you know, one thing, um, yes, you reflected all that perfectly. One thing that we didn't talk about is there are some people who have behavior that is so aberrant that it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. These people, you you could say their, their behavior is evil. Well, yes, of course, we stay away from that. We're supposed to flee from evil and not fellowship with evil. If there's somebody who is so um, confused about what is right and what is wrong that they, uh, they rape people, they murder people, they uh, are a damage to people in some way, yes, we stay away from that. But that we can discern, too. We're still not discerning their salvation. Right. We're discerning their behavior and whether we want to have that in our presence or in our lives. When I said don't shun people uh, because of your discernment of what they are like, I did not mean to include people who are so dangerous that I can't afford to have them in my home. They can't be around my family. They can't be around my kids. They just, no, that's a different situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, But don't let that generalize and flow into somebody who is just a little bit different than we are, and we refuse to accept them. Mm. People uh, turn off friendships because, well, we're not the same age. And I can't be a friend with somebody that old or that young. We turn off people because they're in a different political party and we don't politically agree with each other. Or uh, we're in a different business and we don't have anything to talk about because I don't know your business, you don't know mine. Or uh, they even root for a different sports team. And so you can't, we can't have lunch because that's what I was talking about. Right. And then you still need to have that door, that avenue open so that we can show the, the love of God and, and create those relationships and absolutely take on take on the kingdom a little bit further. Yes. Uh, excellent. Thank you, Jim. Um, just having memories and thoughts of a lot of different instances. And, and thank you for your insight. I, I really learned a lot on that well, one. That one was my pleasure. Uh, to 
two lifelong questions that everybody wrestles with at some point in their life is coming up next. The first one, rather quick, maybe rather long, who knows, but which one came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> that's easy. The chicken came first. See, that's what I thought too. Yeah. No, the chicken came first. How do I know that? Genesis. That's right. Yes. God created the animals. He didn't create the eggs. He created the animals. Uh, Adam was formed fully developed, which kind of, sorry, you missed childhood. Sorry, you missed your voice changing. Sorry, you missed acne. Sorry, you missed all the things that, uh, that happened when you're growing up. He was created ready to go. Good. And so was Eve, apparently. I, I say apparently, uh, reportedly in God's word. Yeah. Yeah. So the egg, uh, the chicken came first. That's what I'm thinking, too. I had the same argument, too. The chicken had, <laughs> had to be there first, and then they can have eggs. Uh-huh. And then the other one um, is if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? Oh, you know, that's funny that you would ask that because I, I, when I teach the anatomy of the, anatomy of the ear, we talk about sound and where sound exists and, and so forth. Um, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there, does it make a sound? And the answer is no. It does not make a sound. It makes vibrations. And it makes a huge thud if it's a big tree. And the earth might shake and certainly the air around it will shake and the leaves on the trees uh, remaining might shake. But uh, those vibrations go through the air until they hit somebody's ear. And the ear processes the vibrations. The ear actually does not hear anything. After the vibrations are processed, and I'm going to go through all that right now, but after they are, they go up the eighth cranial nerve, which is the auditory nerve, to the part of the brain that interprets the electrical impulses that have been uh, converted from mechanical vibrations. And then the ear interprets that as sound. Now, my conclusion from that is um, there is no sound in the world, just vibrations, until the vibrations come upon the sense organ of the ear. And that makes the world pretty quiet. <laughs> just like that pause That's right. was. Almost left it there. Uh, just like that there pause was. Well, I can tell you, uh, I think the eye works the same way. The eye really doesn't see. It's just a, a processor for light. And um, I don't understand the eye as much as I think I understand the ear. But it uh, is it interpreted. What the eye processes is interpreted as sight when it hits the brain, and the brain sees the image, if you will. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you um, something that I hadn't thought about talking about today, but um, something that changed my life, and that was when I was in high school. I had a friend. His name is Mike Mady. Uh, he's still around, I hope. I haven't seen him in years and years. Mike was a uh, fellow high school student. He was a basketball player. And he got hit in the head one day with a basketball, and it blinded him. And about, as I recall, 
six, seven, eight weeks later, his sight returned. And then in about a week, it left again. I don't understand physiologically what happened there, but he was blind then forevermore. And one day, I was talking to Mike. We were in homeroom, and I said, Mike, what's it, look, what's it like to see black all the time? And his answer changed me. He said, I don't see black. I see nothing. And I went, whoa. When I close my eyes, I see dark. I can push on the edge of my eye and stimulate the optic nerve a little bit with my eye closed, and I can see impulses of light. But he said he sees nothing. And I have never been able to wrap my head around that. But I can remember now what God talked about in his word, and he was talking about spiritual blindness. People who are spiritually blind don't see evil all the time. They see nothing spiritually. And that is just a concept that uh, I could expound on, and I'm not going to right now. But wow, see nothing. I hear nothing. Well, that's even in silence, I can hear some things, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the tree falls in the forest, and God, yes, there's no sound. Wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the questions we get from high schoolers are very creative and just try to try to get a firm answer from Jim. And those two, the chicken definitely came first, and <laughs> there is no sound when a, a tree falls in the forest. No sound. And a little bit deeper and a, a very... Very thoughtful answer there at the end. So thank you all for listening to Brewing with Jim, bringing you the hard-hitting questions that you're dealing with at home. Uh, thank you so much <laughs> for listening. Please join us. Please uh, interact with us at brewingwithjim at gmail.com. And let us know your questions, anything. Let's have them, and we will get them here on the show. Thank you so much for your time, Jim, and thank you all for listening. My pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Encourage somebody. Topics covered and answers offered in Brewing with Jim mine the wisdom attained from a life of pastoral ministry and care. They do not constitute professional or clinical training or expertise in the areas of counseling or mental health. CVCS and its podcast network want to provide a platform for the discipleship of our community. Brewing with Jim is our attempt to foster that environment in a format that is accessible and open for all to partake in. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and may or may not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Capistrano Valley Christian Schools or its faculty. The material and information presented here are for general information purposes only. This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian JK-12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email podcasts at cvcs.org. 
On behalf of the whole network, this is Mr. Jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more.